Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. You know who's not back? Texas. Hashtag horns down. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the newest believer in Jed Fish's vision in Tucson. And with me, as always, is AJ. Brian Ferentz is going to be coaching in the Big Ten title game. Marchese. What else is new, buddy? He's, he's always getting the squad there. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who knocked, flocked, and balked during week 11 of college football. Let's hit it! Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Michigan let the funk out. They let Biff get out. Rob, I can't believe Biff is gone. Biff Pogie, the man who deserves all the credit for Michigan's Mm -hmm. playoff appearance last year, has taken the head coaching job with the Charlotte 49ers. It's done. Um, Ann Ann Arbor's done. Everything, pack it up. I'm convinced if Bruce Feldman didn't write that feature piece on Biff <laughs> last week, that Biff would not be the head coach at Charlotte. This is both strange and interesting. I, like it's it's amazing. I don't know. I feel like Biff is going to be like, uh, he's going to be fun, I think. I've decided after Jim Mora, after all of us shit on Jim Mora getting hired at Connecticut, and he has now got them bowl eligible, I've decided I... I, I I can't give a take on any head coaching hire ever again. I no one knows. It's probably wise. Yeah, I I feel like I didn't. Hey, I, go back to the coaching show. I feel like I didn't pan the the Mora hires and NFL roots. It's gonna pay <laughs> off. You said uh, this this guy won double digit games at UCLA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Biff is gonna work out. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take stronger stances. Biff's gonna get them uh, back to Biff, the bowl. Biff's college coaching experience is I think. Three seasons, the last two and like once in 2016 on Michigan staff <laughs> as an weird. off-field analyst where he's the associate head coach. And to understand what he did in that role, you have to read the Bruce Feldman piece because he's like not real, like he's not an on-field coach, but he like coaches the coaches. It's so weird. It, it's and weird. at the same time, he was an extremely successful High school head coach in Baltimore with two different schools, uh, Gilman School and St. Francis Academy in, in Baltimore. Um, but also, he, like, founded St. Francis Academy yeah. using the money he made running a hedge fund in the 80s before the stock market crashed. Like, his story yeah. is so bizarre. It is so fucking weird. So, at, at bare minimum, it's interesting. It's very college football of Charlotte. It's Maybe the unorthodox route they needed to go after Will Healy didn't work out and everyone was so sure that would. Um, also, at the same time, my mind just keeps going to, this guy has zero 
it, it's similar to Jeff Saturday. It's like zero real coaching experience. This would like if this guy wasn't white, does this happen? Oh, no, zero it's, chance. It's it's very like that part of it's kind of upsetting, I think. Especially when like names like Alex Atkins were floating around who super deserved this job, who worked on this staff in 2019. I'm hopeful he'll get a head coaching job somewhere else, but I think that you 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 is fun and interesting and unorthodox as this is, I think it's important to note that college football has a major lack of minority head coaches and, and, and these opportunities don't seem to go to more experienced minority coaches. If, if Biff wasn't white, he also wouldn't have gotten that, you know, chance back in the eighties. I think it was like his, his wife's dad taking him under his wing to become a hedge fund man. Who, who does that happen to? Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause he, I think the story said he was like a history teacher. When yeah, this happened. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> enough on Biff. We'll, we'll save our grades for the coaching show. It's an A plus. AJ, big, big touchdown to former Ohio state receiver. Sam, Sam Wiggles. Yeah, in the matching game against Ball He, he needed the bounce back game. Quiet last week. Love this guy. Love this guy. Um, I, I'm going to fire a tweet off if you could buy me some time. Um, <laughs> you know how I feel about you tweeting during the show, Rob? Um, you Sam, love it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, what do you want to do? Want to just jump right to best freshman then? I'll start talking about the, the no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what season it is. It's the season where I oh, read a list fuck. of 50 names <laughs> for the Senior Bowl. Okay. Um, senior Bowl acceptances. Uh, Tyree Wilson, Rob. Wow, that's a big one. Amazing. That's actually a legit great get. I'm I, I'm going to read them all off and all. I think last time we both – like we'll both pick one offense and one defensive guy. It's too to, much. Too much. Fine, we'll just pick. You can just pick. I don't have to talk. No, no, no. That's fine. Did you get your tweet off? Uh, yeah. It, okay. was, it was it was very bottom of the barrel. Okay. Um, okay. I'll read through the offense. We'll talk about a guy or two. We'll read through defense. We'll talk about a guy or two. Uh, so starting on offense, a uh, couple senior bowl acceptances this week. Tyson, how do you say his last name, AJ? I'm very. Uh, Bajent. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Shepard quarterback Tyson Bajent, who I found it, his dad is a world champion arm wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky running back Chris Rodriguez, Appalachian State running back Cameron Peebles, North Dakota State fullback Hunter Lupke, Virginia receiver Dontavian Wicks, SMU receiver Rasheed Rice, Princeton receiver Andre Iosevis. Love that one. Maryland tackle Jalen Duncan, Chattanooga guard Curtis McClendon, Old Dominion guard Nick Saldaveri, and TCU interior offensive lineman Steve Avila. I feel like who's your la- favorite? Uh, who's the most interesting of this group to you? Pick one. <laughs> it's too much. It's a good group. Yeah, it is. It is. There's a lot of that's a lot of good players. Like you, I think you were. Come on, you, you tried to come at Nagy last week and responds with this, laying it down. Um, I'm maybe most excited for just in pure, inter, purely in terms of you know like seeing guys on the field. The Princeton receiver Andrea Iovices, who we both liked in the summer. Fucking track star, big time speed has had a good year for Princeton. Uh, and just seeing him against the higher level competition is gonna be a hell of a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Jalen Duncan, who's one of the most athletic offensive linemen in the country. Um, I think a legit first round talent. Uh, I had him just a hair behind Paris Johnson, Peter Skaransky, uh in the summer, I believe, and. I think this is the like this type of week where he shows up, yeah, and and you can tell he's the first round talent on in the trenches. Agreed. Going to the defense, where we got a lot of big names uh, on the interior defensive line: Baylor's Siaki Aika, Wisconsin's Keanu Benton, uh, joining them up front. Uh, TCU's Dylan Horton, Louisville's Yaya Diaby, Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson, Northwestern's Addy Adabawari. Yeah, Appalachian State's Nick Hampton and Auburn's Iku Leota. Um, after oh, and I, I didn't finish. Linebackers, yeah, uh, Tulane's Dorian Williams, Jackson State's Aubrey Miller Jr. and corners Maryland's Jacorian Bennett and Virginia's Anthony Johnson. After after the Ohio State performance last week, I think Adeboare is a lot of a lot of excitement here to see him in one on ones. That's going to be. It's going to be fun as hell. And he's already – the our guy, Nagy, putting together a great uh, offensive line group already. Like, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm – obviously, I think similar to Jalen Duncan on offense, Tyree Wilson's yeah. a 
a very likely first round pick. He's going to show it might up be a and top show 10 pick. Mobile. Yeah, he is one of the most. I, th- I feel he is underrated just because not a lot of people are watching Texas Tech, yeah. but he is right up there with with like Miles Murphy, for example, at, at Clemson, and his length, power, and motor. Uh, I, I really hope him and Duncan are on the same team and we can see those two go mm. head-to-head because just a, a couple freak shows. Wilson might be so good that he doesn't have to go, but it'd be a hell of a lot of fun if he's there. Yeah, I know. That's always the worry when you get big, big talents. Like you said, it's still underrated, so maybe maybe you'll have to show it out. Moving on, a couple quick East-West Shrine Bowl oh. acceptances. Uh, Jackson State receiver Dallas Daniels, Hampton receiver ja- uh, J- Jadakus Bonds, Purdue tight end Payne Durham, Arizona State guard Ladarius Henderson, Florida edge rusher Brenton Cox, Georgia edge rusher Robert Beal, Eastern Michigan edge rusher Jose Ramirez, and Louisville corner Kytrell Clark. Big, big get in Kytrell Clark. Yeah, I think uh, him and Zay Flowers, like, that's going to be such a blast Just, to watch. They should only go one-on-one against each other. Like, that should be the whole week. I'll quickly say, I, I watched Ladarius Henderson after he accepted, and I think he is a guy who's really flying under the radar right now, especially in a zone scheme. Like, the guy moves so well. Uh, Brendan Cox is going to need a huge, huge week. I thought that was an zone. interesting one. Eh? Yeah. Uh, glad we got a matching guy too, and Jose Ramirez, who I think leads the Mac and Sacks right now. Yeah, if you lead the Mac and Sacks, you get into the Shrine game. Speaking of the Mac, college football week eleven superlatives, starting with best freshman. I have to mention Bert Emanuel Jr., the Central Michigan quarterback, who, although he went one of three for twenty-two yards as a passer against Buffalo, he ran for two hundred ninety-three yards and three scores. Uh, including this one insane like 70-yarder where it looked like he was down. Everyone seemed to think he was down. He popped up, took it to the house. Um, an upset of Buffalo on his legs without Lou Nichols. Um, feels a little disrespectful not to headline this with Harold Perkins, nope. Rob. What do you mean? I start with Mac. <laughs> um we had, look, the, the best performance all in college football from a sophomore edge a couple of weeks ago. Now we got one from a freshman edge in Harold Perkins, who was just uh, uh, on another level, on another look, level against against the Pigs, man. Looked like the best player in college football at times against Arkansas. Yeah, and at, like they, they started Hornsby for the, for, the, for the Hogs, and he's like, you know, they're touting him out as, you know, track star, legit, like high-level speed. And then and, and Brian Kelly, the genius that he is, just had it had Perkins spying on him, and he was just shutting down Hornsby every time he, he escaped the pocket. And that's where most of his sacks came early. Um, and fuck that that closing speed, man! The burst and the it, closing speed is nuts. And and he's like he pulled off the Von Miller ghost move more than yeah. once. Yeah. Um. He, that, he, he got the strip sack late with the ghost move. Yeah, he had four sacks, and he had that I that one. Non strip sack oh, that I, he, I thought was a strip sack. Yeah, it was 100% was. It was. It ruled incomplete, but it was. So really, like, he should have so had a fifth, five, five sacks. sacks. Two strips. Yeah. yeah. And this is a guy who was a five star who was actually originally headed to Texas AM, dodge that bullet. Um, and came on, like, I, I mentioned him, I don't know, five weeks ago briefly because I'm a genius. Um, I think from the Mississippi State game. And then we mentioned him, uh, Against either Ole Miss or Alabama, I remember Bama. that. Yeah, Bama. And then, and then this—it's just like he went from being maybe the best freshman in college football to being just one of the best defensive players in college football. Maybe not that far behind Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, to be honest. Like this was a coming out party for Harold Perkins. LSU's got the next number one prospect and. In the 2025 draft. I think, like, the Micah Parsons comps are going to be all over the place for Harold Perkins, which is his freak athleticism, but also that versatility. Yeah. Um, next man up, maybe, according to some, the best quarterback prospect if he was eligible right now in Drake, Drake May. May. Yeah. He is baby Herbert. Uh, threw for 448, three scores. Ran for 71 a score against Wake. 36-33 win. He's incredible. We were both kind of down on him. He's very good, very, very good. I still think like saying he'd be the first quarterback taken is a little rich, but uh, yeah, no, he's 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 pretty legit. Um, 
how last week you kind of said, well, you know, this is the Sam Howell, you know, that that elevated him and blah blah. How do you feel now, like getting a real good look at him? Um, I like, in in the offense at UNC. I, I I'm with you in that. Like, if he was in this draft, would he be the number one pick? That's that seems extremist. He he'd be it the third like, quarterback. I think that's fair to say. He he yeah, and he he might be the first quarterback. You just need to see more. Um, yeah, yeah. But like clearly, he has the physical tools. He has the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. He is an aggressive downfield thrower. He really does look like Justin Herbert. He does right look a lot like Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and I uh, just pairing that type of talent in Phil Longo's air raid is just so much fun. And and all of a sudden, like North Carolina, obviously last year had all the hype kind of disappointed yeah this year without the hype all of a sudden like they're a one loss team who's got a chance to be in the playoff if they beat nc state uh and and, and clemson and they end up going 12 and 1 and winning the acc and that's behind the arm of drake may you're sipping the kool-aid i respect it um i mean yeah, i think playoffs like they, they have a chance i don't think it's gonna happen but no they, they do and yeah it's weird that he looks like as much like Justin Herbert as he does. Just like the, the you know the pocket movements and like just even with the way he just he delivers the ball, it's very very Herbie. Um, another obvious one, Quinshawn Junkins, yeah. who's here every week. He was a workhorse for Ole Miss. They almost upset Bama. Um, it felt like every every kind of time they needed a couple yards, he'd get them. He was just banging it up inside. He's well over a thousand yards now on the season. Um, he he's a lot of fun. He's got the most uh twenty plus yard runs in the Power Five, which is pretty interesting for a guy that you know is just like you said, it's just like you know, like a, like he's a thumper, but he's also got that juice. He's very very good. And that that's all my freshmen's. We had baby him. Nick Chubb. Uh, I just want to quickly shout out to Taro McMillan, the Arizona receiver, who was a big recruiting win for Jed Fish, uh, who I now stand. And he just had one catch, and it was a 17-yard touchdown against UCLA. But uh, he's kind of – landing him is what kind of built the hype for Fish and the Wildcats, and, and they upset UCLA on uh, on Saturday night, and it was a good one. And all of a sudden, I don't know, the Wildcats, man. They got to win out to make a bowl, but they're interesting. <laughs> um, best sophomore, who, who's your top guy? Uh, I, I only had two this week, both receivers. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., who uh, I'm sure everyone's seen by now, that, that viral picture of him kind of being Gumby on the t- on the sideline with his leg bent the complete opposite direction of his body to yeah. ensure a catch. Had seven for 135 and scored against Indiana. Took the top off the defense. He's just the best, I think, the most talented receiver in the country. Correct. Yes. Uh, my other one was Troy Franklin, who the Oregon receiver who, who who's – been awesome in year two 139 yards in a score against washington such a big play deep threat yeah he was i had those two guys down also uh sticking with the ducks bucky irving is a lot of fun they're running back he is he is 143 yards on the ground 35 through the air he's just like really dynamic he's shifty he's fun he's got he's got burst he's a lot of fun um sticking at the running back position too i just want to shout out will shipley for that awesome hurdle and then getting hit by two guys as he landed and kept his feet in and finished for the touchdown and had the really nice burst to set that up too. And and their, their other running back behind him, Phil uh, Maffa, kind of came on too with 100 yards on 10 carries. Just like a bigger body dude to pair with Shipley. Um, harken back to the the you know the Thunder and Lightning days back in uh, the early Clemson when Clemson was cool. Uh, I thought that was – I think that would be a nice duo going forward for the, for the Tigers. And one more, going to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Baron Sorrell for Texas, I thought, had a really good game. Yeah. It was all over the field, 6 3 2 Especially in the first half. Especially in the first half, yeah. 11 tackles, sack and a half, three TFLs. Yeah, he, he looked like a really interesting guy. He closed, closed the third quarter out with a sack, too. Uh, yeah, I think one to watch there. Is Curtis Rourke a sophomore? Because <laughs> he just made a sweet throw, and I'd like to add him. Curtis Rourke is a, is a stud. Him and uh, Nathan are going to be duo starting quarterbacks in the NFL very shortly. Um... Uh, <laughs> Going to weekday warrior and speaking of action, I, I, I'm going to go with Penn State transfer turn Miami of Ohio hero Mac Hippenhammer, who in a loss to the Bobcats of Ohio put up eight for 107 and three scores. He just kept getting loose deep. Um, he's like probably an NFL PA bowl guy, but he's been super productive the last two years at Miami of Ohio. 
Um, he, he's a fun player. Also gave it to Maction, Hip and Hammer, baby. Uh, perfect name for the for the Mac too. Uh, that that one touchdown that was just a hell of a throw from Gabbert too. A great catch in the end zone. Then I had like you know oh, the nice. really great route to get to the corner of the end zone for the touchdown on this third one. Um, Bloodlines, baby, for Gabbert. Yeah, Hip and Hammer uh, was awesome. I'll give you one more um, from Thursday night. I watched Louisiana, Georgia Southern. That's uh, all the greats do. Uh, well, the the Falcons were playing the Panthers, so I, I said to myself, until the Rorks are starting for both these teams, mm-hmm. there's no sense in mm-hmm. focusing on it. Uh, Andre Jones, the Louisiana pass rusher, who had a strip sack, uh, added a, a, a TFL in there. He just looks like an NFL player. I, he's not refined or anything, but he has the athleticism. He can kind of run the arc a little bit and bend that corner. Uh, 6'5", 244, got a good get off. He's been at Louisiana for like seven years, but just a, just a guy, you know, a guy who I think could the athleticism and size gets you a look in the NFL. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Speaking of looks in the NFL, these guys are definitely it looks in the NFL. Our best offensive and defensive prospects of the week. Uh, starting on offense, did you have a clear guy? Yeah, yeah, sure. He was clear guy, Rob. I, maybe not, okay. but like it's a guy that we haven't had here all year. Uh, but has has turned it on big time, and we're both big fans of his. Uh, Josh Downs. Baby. It's also wow. It's uh, Josh Downs is also my pick. Um, eleven catches, one hundred fifty four yards, and three touchdowns against Wake Forest. Yeah, in the past four games, he has five hundred forty eight yards, six touchdowns, forty six catches. That's big time. And I thought like his. Just like that, that quickness and the route running was on full display against Wake. Like yeah. that, that first touchdown was really cool. Like he faked like he was blocking on that little like they had like you know a little orbit kind of thing going on. Yeah. And then he released and like just that explosiveness out of the release was too much. And then, uh, but like also just like you know the throw wasn't perfect for May. It was obviously there, um, and he had you know leap and finish in the end zone. It was a great great play. Um, uh, I think I think it was his third touchdown or second touchdown. I can't remember. Um, on the corner route to the end zone, just like yeah, I think that was the third. Yeah, just beautifully, beautifully paced. Like it's, it's so much fun watching. Like a you know, a, you know, a smaller receiver who just like is electric, with like fluid movements. Who knows how to throw DBs off with their movement, and and like just get mo- get open. But like it's also like not wasted. Like you know, you have like these really shifty route runners who are like throwing so much off the line of scrimmage. That's wasted movement. But not with Downs. Like he can do all the fancy stuff. But like he just like you know hits the stem hard. Uh, sticks his, suck his foot in the ground and and cut explosiveness to the to the corner and finished. Um, and it was awesome after the catch too. Like just just throwing the defenders off the same way, like he does through the route. Um, he's such a fluid athlete. And yeah, he, he's. I I think that the part of his game that is most underrated is he is so savvy. Yeah. Because he's so smart, he understands how to attack leverage. Yep. He he knows how to pace his routes. I th- I think that 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 touchdown that on the corner was like the perfect example he he leans into the db yeah stems so but with kind of slow plays his pace then stems roll with a real hard out uh inside step flips the corners hips and then just explodes out like he can hit i i don't think he's like a sub four four guy or anything but he can hit his top speed in an instant yeah and it's. I know this. This the comp doesn't look good now, but it's like when Elijah Moore was coming out. I think he's gonna be everyone's kind of favorite wide receiver who somehow falls to day two because he's a little bit small. No, he reminds he reminds me so much of Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, but like I feel like it's just like he's so balanced. Like it's his feet are just constantly under under him and like in full control and and you see that after the catch and like you said in in the route. Uh yeah he was he was awesome and he's just just really like flipped it on huge down the stretch yeah um and again we've talked about the the receiver class isn't awesome if if we fast forward to April like are we surprised if he's the second receiver off the board after Quentin Johnston probably not probably not no um moving to defensive prospect I have a feeling we might have the same guy again and it's not a guy we've really talked about much who'd you put. I put Byron Young. Oh, I, I put him for shooting up the board. That's I I, okay. I I kept I kept this one simple. Please, let's talk Byron Young. Okay, so Byron Young was, I think, kind of the reason Alabama beat Ole Miss. Yeah. It came down to like tw- it was twenty seven twenty four. 
And without a couple splashy plays from him to slow down the Ole Miss offense, I don't like. I don't think they get this win. And it was a bit like he's been really good the last two years at Alabama, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of been unheralded because he he's more of a dirty work player. He's playing all over the defensive fronts, not putting up huge huge numbers or anything. Uh, I really liked him over the summer. He was a top one hundred player entering the the season for me, but I didn't think like this is a first round guy. Yeah. I thought this is a day two guy who who provides you so much bang for your buck. Now I'm starting to think like he could he could sneak into the first round. Like they could not block him. His combo of power, hand pop, and explosiveness like it was just unstoppable uh, against Ole Miss. He was blowing their yeah. offensive lineman off the ball, and he's relentless. There was that one um, sack uh, where he, he took Nick Broker one-on-one, and he just kept working him, kept working him, slowly moving him back. That's an NFL offensive lineman, and and, and eventually swallowed up Jackson Dart. Um, and that's not to mention what he does in the run game where he is so dis- uh, gap-disciplined, um, and his ability to kind of just lock in, lock out offensive linemen and, and – and Occupy's gap is is impressive. He also had a big PBU, too. Yeah, he did. Um, no, I, I mean, I don't think that end of first round talk is ridiculous with him because, like, he just seems like like so many playoff teams could use a guy like this, you know? Like, like a guy that can just, like you said, does the dirty work for Bama, but has the, the explosive traits, too. Um, and, yeah, like, he's, he's obviously been in the shadows of Will Anderson and, and many other guys in front of him that have, you know, like on that defense line that like just you know get the spotlight, but no, he was phenomenal. I I I did him dirty though, and I went with the guy who has had the spotlight. I just put Jalen Carter. I I thought just Jalen Carter was out there doing Jalen Carter things. I, I put did, him for shooting up, even though it's like how much I, higher can he shoot up? Yeah, I know. I just really wanted uh, highlight Byron Young, especially because no, last I deserved week we, it. We talked so much. Yeah, yeah so. Young Young was my first my top guy on the uh, shooting up. I thought it was kind of a funky week for shooting up the board, so he, he definitely deserved it. Um, but yeah, Jalen Carter. I don't know, man. Like he's he's an absolute man. <laughs> he's a menace. Like like the, the, these types of games he is now stacking. It's like now like you 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 understand why he's gonna be the number one player on some people's boards. Like yeah, Will Anderson's amazing too. They can both be amazing, but they're both I think the clear two blue chip players in this class and. His ability to just, I don't know. The, he has such a rare get-off. Yeah. It's just like the, the, the fluidity that he moves with that, as large as he is, is is freaky. It's absolutely freaky. Um, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm interested to see just because I think right now it's the Texans, Raiders, and Panthers have the first three picks. Uh, and the Eagles have the fourth pick, so the Eagles That'd are going to end up with either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. It'll be fun. Um, shout out New Orleans. Shout out Mickey Loomis. Uh, hey, at least Zion's playing. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be really interesting to see if if the the Texans or the or the Raiders will be willing to draft a Carter or an Anderson yeah. or one of the quarterbacks. Obviously, the Raiders can get out of that car contract, so we'll see. But Shaping up to be a good draft, but they're all always good. Yeah, of course they are, Rob. They're always good. Keep listening to the podcast. They're always good. Uh, shooting up the board, we mentioned you have Byron Young, I Jalen Carter here. I, I, I bet we both have Trivius Hodges Tomlinson. You know what? I, you know where I put him? He absolutely deserves where? it. I put him for for um, a guy who made me look stupid. What? I thought you liked him. I did, but then you know, I kind of like over the last couple years. Then like in the summer, I noticed like I soured on him slightly. I do like him, but then like I, I I'm like I went back and looked at my notes. I think I had, like a six round grade. Like he's just like I used to love him, and then I just soured. And like I was just so much more excited about him a couple years ago. And and he's been awesome, and he was phenomenal against Texas. Like you just said, like like well two two PPUs in the pick, and like all of them were just like really really high quality level plays too. You know three PBUs. Three PBUs. Yeah, that, sorry. Uh, on that Xavier Xavier Worthy like out or whatever, he had the PBU or yours a little late. Uh he had the the one down low where he's just playing yeah. cover two in the flats and he hammered the guy. Yeah. He he had the the gimme pick. And then at the end of the game he had the almost near pick on the fourth down. Yeah. Even the pick was like I know it was a gimme, but it was like it's still a good play. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, he uh he is the second lowest pass rating allowed in the Big Twelve this season. Um Obviously, he's undersized, but mm-hmm. he's so feisty and instinctual. I, I, he's like 
like the like the Jack Jones of this class. Do you think he's just gonna get pegged as a pure nickel guy because of the size, or, or is like the level of play he's got now that it, like he, you know, like not that he, you know, not that there's anything wrong with being nickel, and not that there's anything wrong with being a pure nickel, but like, you know, guys who get pegged that way just don't, you know, like you know, like Asante Samuel Jr. who like you know his probably his best one would be nickel. He never got that that pegging. Do you know what I mean? Like just to oh, say, wow, that's a weird uh, a weird sentence there, Andrew. He never, uh. <laughs> he's not into that, Rob. Um, um, do you know what I mean? Like he never got that like that pigeonhole, if you will. Uh, so I think the NFL's changed in a way where we're seeing more yep. jumbo slots. So we're seeing more jumbo nickels, and and we're seeing more of those slot body types play on the outside because they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of that. We're now seeing more of those nickel body types playing on the outside, a la Asante Samuel, a la Jack Jones for the Patriots, yeah. J.C. Jackson, uh, like guys like that. So I, I, I do think where I will probably talk most most of the process about how Trivius Hodges Tomlinson's the perfect nickel. Yeah, uh, I, I do think it, it's so dependent on who takes him. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, what, what a hell of a game from him. Um, TCU's fun. TCU's fun, and uh, they got another good game against Baylor this week. Uh, another guy who's fun, who you love, former Michigan running back, Zach Charbonnet. In a UCLA lost Arizona on, on Saturday night, like, every time he touched the ball, he was breaking yeah. three tackles and running for 7 to 15 yards. It was silly. Uh, had 181 and three scores, plus nine grabs for 38 yards because DTR just kept checking down to him. Um, he's probably the running back who in a deep class where there's going to be a couple guys, I think end up going in the top 50. He he's got a chance to be that, maybe that third round running back. Who's instant impact. Like I, I don't, I don't know if because this class is so loaded, if he'll go as high as he would have in um, yeah. previous classes. Yeah. But every team can find a way to get him on the football field. Like, like not a unique way, but every team needs a guy like him as, as a running back, you know, like just a guy that's a fucking, He's a train. He's a goddamn train, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, I feel like even if he's in a backfield that has some, def, you know, some clear guys, he's always going to carve out his spot. Um, you know who else I thought had a good game in a loss? Rob, who who's had a really really good season. I thought Drew Sanders was really good for for the pigs again. Uh, yeah, it was kind of just like only had two solo tackles, but had twelve total. Like, was kind of just involved in a lot. Uh, I, I thought he was like just really disruptive. Had a sack. Um, LSU's offense was stinky. They didn't cover. I was pissed. Um, <laughs> and I thought he was just like really involved in that. The Arkansas D played a really good game. Um, so did the LSU defense, obviously. But yeah, I, th- I thought Sanders had a, had a good game, and he's another guy with like versatility. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see where he he ultimately lands in the NFL. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one last one. Uh, Ohio State K- uh, tight end Cade Stover. I put him nice big bounce back game. Yeah, he had that that sweet kind of just dumping the flats where he ended up stretching out uh, over the goal line for a touchdown, um, and uh, he had the other the other touchdown on the on the second and goal where it was just yeah. off the play action wide open, but like I think he's better than Jeremy Ruckert. I do too. Who the, who, who the Jets took? I don't know, like one one something one hundred five ish something yeah. something like that. And I think he adds more, like he he brings more to the table as a pass catcher because he's a little more athletic. Yeah. And he's just as rugged as a run blocker. Uh, deep tight end class, but hopefully a guy Jim Nagy gets to the Senior Bowl so we get a better look at him because this is really they've moved him around to so many positions and this is the first time he's like really consistently played one position. Yeah. And, and he's thriving. I'll name a couple other pass catchers to finish this off. I'm going to stick with fellow tight end Darnell Washington who just. just oh, okay. Where do you got him? You want to talk about? I else? got him for. Uh, I know he had five catches, sixty yards in the score. I put him for outplay the box score because of what he was doing yeah, as man. a blocker. Yeah, man. Like, he sprung the the Lab McConkey seventy yard touchdown. Yep, yep. He got right on in front and just opened it up. Like honestly, like I, he was so good as a pass catcher. Like you said, you, you named the stats there, and he looked really good. He looked really like you know out in space, athletic. For, for for a man as bit as big as he is, but the blocking is what I think really deserved him the big shout out because he was phenomenal. Uh, like you said, that that Lad McConkey whatever it was seventy yards, uh, it was created by him. Um, he's just gonna play in the league for for a decade plus. Like he's just he's already obviously has an NFL body. He's productive in the passing game. 
a team's going to take him a tight end and, and not worry, you know? He's he's so athletic, too. He is. Like, yes. Oh, man. I, I'm really excited to see what he does at, at, at the combine. I Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I just hope that, like, I'm sure it's going to happen, but like, I, I just want that perfect NFL fit for him that truly appreciates him. You know what I mean? Like, get some, like uh, so many teams just underuse the tight end position. The Green Bay Packers, where he can be Ooh. both Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. You know what's, yeah, you know what's funny? I was going to say he's going to play, originally I wrote, he's going to play as long as Mercedes Lewis. So that's, that's perfect. That's Probably. perfect. He's very similar. Um, can I give two, slide, more, two more receivers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Uh, two SEC guys. Uh, I thought Hyatt had like a nice bounce back game in the hooker. You know, not that he was down, but so did Hooker, uh, and so did Tennessee. Seven catches, hundred for sixty yards, a touchdown. I had like a, just a really nice deep catch, like just where like you know he snagged it with the fingertips. I like that. Uh, got them inside the five, and then they had that awesome play. You know, they hit him behind the line of scrimmage and ran him out on a wheel. Missouri had no idea where he was. He was wide open. Like that's all easy, but just like the speed down the sideline. It was just like he's moving regular pace and everyone else is like you know running as fast as they can and they can't catch him i thought that's just uh phenomenal and um i don't know what you thought about about mango's performance for Ole miss i was pretty impressed it wasn't like a massive game seven catch 59 yards had a touchdown but i just thought like you, you really felt him the entire game like made made constant big catches uh you felt his like you know his physicality uh against obviously a you know really solid bama secondary i i thought i was pretty impressed yeah, no, he he uh a guy who's invited to the senior bowl probably ends up there. Um yeah. I think again in a kind of open receiver class, he could be a guy who shoots up the board. Yeah, agreed. Moving to sliding down the board, I'll start with a pair of running backs who are playing in the same game. Uh, that's my top two um, guys too. <laughs> with interesting circumstances surrounding both for different reasons. Uh Jameer Gibbs, who was ineffective in the first half for Alabama. Uh, six carries, three yards, plus a five-yard catch, but just didn't play in the second half. And it was a little bit mysterious. Um, they just, I think just kind of... Saban came out and said he twisted his ankle, apparently. But, it, yeah, it's a little it's still a little weird. It was very, yeah, just weird, uh, weird circumstances around it. Uh, and then Zach Evans, who returned from injury recently for Ole Miss, uh, was ineffective in this yeah. one, six carries, 12 yards, then got hurt and fumbled at the same time. Um, I think it, it, it it's just kind of a reminder that realistically, outside of B. John Robinson, just with the way the NFL has gone, that probably just B. John Robinson goes in the first round. What I agree. Think? No, I totally agree. And I've seen like like quite a, like a fair amount of Jameer Gibbs as a first-round pick talk. And like not to discredit his talent or anything, but like – I. I I just don't know. I, I don't know if he's, like, he's complete enough for, like, the NFL to swing on that, you know? It it feels like such a luxury pick. Yeah. Um, and if you – and obviously we're thinking, okay, luxury pick, it's a playoff team. And you know what? The first thought I have is the Bills taking James Cook 62 or 60 – was it 62? Something Or like whatever that. last year. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of hasn't paid off big time. I mean, he's starting to come on a little bit. But it's just, yeah, a, a good reminder that a running back doesn't necessarily help you um, kind of take that next big leap to be a Super Bowl contender unless it's a, it's a rare talent like a B. John Robinson. And if you look yeah. at the end of the the end of the first round right now on Tankathon, it's like the Eagles, yeah, if they don't bring back Miles Sanders, I guess, but they, they I saw that they haven't drafted a running back in the first round and like, 50 years or something. <laughs> the The Chiefs already did this with the luxury pick. Yeah. It hasn't worked out great. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. The Dolphins forfeited a pick. The Giants have Saquon. The Cowboys have Tony Pollard. The Titans have uh, Derrick Henry. The Ravens, okay, but they need to draft a receiver probably again. Yeah. It's just like, as you start to go through it, it's just hard to find, I think, a team that would... Even if Jameer Gibbs is a top 32 player... Talent-wise, it's hard to justify taking a devalued position like that when they're not a complete three-down star. Like exactly. Yeah. And I love Jameer Gibbs. He's He's been my running back, too, the entire time. But I I, I just think it, it th- this game was kind of a stark reminder of this position. 
I still think there's a bunch of old heads in, in the NFL, especially like looking towards the running back positions, but like, oh, why isn't this kid carrying the ball 25 times a game? You know, it's bad, but they've all done that. Like, you know what I mean? But I know that's not who he is in the least, but I, it, yeah, it's just, I don't think the resume, not the talent. I'm not saying the talent. I just don't think the resume is there for him to, to end up actually being a first round pick. It's, it's going to only be Bijan. And I don't know where the hell he's going to land, but it's, it's only him. And, and speaking more to Zach Evans, um, we've talked about Junkins a lot yep. this year. And and we've talked about how it's good that Zach Evans is going to be fresh, but he's also been dealing with injuries as of late. Uh, and he hasn't been a, 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 on the field as frequently. And I think that's just more cause for concern, obviously, when, yep. you, when you go to draft a guy like that. Um, Definitely. Moving on from the running back position, though, unless you got more. Nope. Nope. Uh, I thought... Another slider was no Sewell, who's uh, been sliding. agreed. Agreed. Other than the one like nice play that he made, uh, he really wasn't very good. He's like, I don't know. They they move him around a little more this year. He he's like doing a little bit of pass rushing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just doesn't play very well in space, and he's a big, big linebacker. And as we we work through the season, like. Not only is his production dropped off, but he's making less flashy plays on the field. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's going to be an acquired taste in the NFL. Like, he is a Bill Belichick linebacker all day long. A Deontay <laughs> Hightower type of linebacker. Yeah. Like, that's a great fit. But just I just don't see any way he ends up... Unless he he destroys the combine, it's, it's hard to justify taking a player like him in the first round, I think. It feels like... None of the linebackers have helped their stock that much this year. Off the top of my head, am I missing someone? It feels like very really. Rarely... <laughs> yeah, but you're <laughs> probably right. But like all like the guys that we talked about in the summer as the top guys. I'm not saying Trenton Simpson's like you know fallen out we of the talk, top fifty or anything. About, well, but... we talked about him as a slider last week. Exactly, I, but I don't think like anyone's really even emerged. Tommy Eichenberg. Eichenberg's helped. He's helped his stuff the most in the position. I totally agree, but it's not like Eichenberg's going first round or anything. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rob. But no, agreed. Those are my top three guys. Um, after taking him eighth, so they, okay, that's a great fit. Um, after them, no, I got to... Go sorry, ahead, sorry, sorry. No. Just uh, uh, like yeah. you mentioned, Simpson. We talked about so like Henry Toa Toa has been good, but we've also talked mm-hmm. about him as a slider before. Um, yeah. He's he's also not like I feel like he is getting a, a Bama bump. Um, I do yeah. think like Eichenberg and Sanders are the two who've kind of taken a step from what they were thought of before the season. Definitely. But none of the guys who were thought of in potential, I don't know, top 50 pick territory have have upped their game. No, exactly. And, and like, no one's emerged as, like, yeah, this is a potential first-round guy. Like, it's been a pretty quiet year for the linebacker group. I think Trenton Simpson will be the only one who goes in the first round. If Agreed. I had to say that, something like, call my shot right now. But but top 20 or between 20 and 32? 2032. I agreed with you. To the Seahawks, baby. To the Seahawks. No, he's a little more too branding. But they're taking Dylan Horton. <laughs> there you go. Um, speaking of Clemson, I, I know he. this isn't a big brand name, but I put Justin Nagata kind of like as a season hole because like like we both kind of liked him in the summer. We thought like, you Justin know, he Nagata? could. Justin Nagata? Yeah. We both thought he could kind of like step up and like, I don't know, he's kind of been invisible. I don't know what you feel. They 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 needed him to be like the previous Clemson receivers. He kind of looks like one, right, with that size. Yeah, um, and the, but, the glimpses were there, and he's physical, like like you know what I mean. But no, he has not been. Uh, I don't think he has been what they needed him to be. No, and I still think he could be like a late round flyer, but no, really. Isn't so. I know it's, I I was kind of like short short for after the first three guys. I thought those guys were clear. After that, I don't know. Do you have any? Who else do you have? I got two more. Um, <laughs> Tulane really let me down, Adrian. They really yeah. let me down. The green wave sticker on my laptop makes me look so silly now. Um, they lost to UCF in, in a bit of a shootout. They Their offense kept them in it. But uh, Tulane, to win this game, Tulane needed it to be a defensive battle because they've leaned so heavily on their defense in the running game this year. Um, in the middle of that defense is linebacker Dorian Williams, who we mentioned off the tops going to the Senior Bowl. He Not that he played a bad game. He When you watch it, it's very clear he's the NFL talent, like mm-hmm. both because the speed 
the physicality and the size. But John uh, John Rice Plumley ran all over them, and he was Dorian Williams. I thought kind of got exposed for being a step slow, not because of a lack of athleticism, but uh, a lack of instinct at times. Other times, it was like he'd make the tackle seven yards downfield. He had 13 tackles. He also had a big PBU that should have been a picked off by the safety behind him in, in the, uh, with UCF in the red zone. But, like, he played a solid game, but I don't know. I, I, I was left wanting more, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm going I with another. More. I got one more, too. He's, oh, okay. He's not, like, a you know huge one or anything, but... Uh, the broadcast was hyping up like Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer, the Nebraska receiver, a lot, and like he's the put couple up numbers, right? Yeah, the couple of Nebraska games I've watched, I thought he's looked like the best player for the team, um, and he was bad. He was bad against Michigan. Had five catches, twelve yards, had a really, really bad drop. Uh, just like when they needed something on offense. I know like there's not much going for Nebraska, so it's hard to like put a blame on a receiver, but just just not stepping up. My last one is uh, Layatu Latu, the edge for UCLA, mm-hmm. who's had a phenomenal year. It's a really good story. Um, but, AJ, I don't care about stories. Oh, really? I care, I care about production. Uh, no. Um, he, he was just kind of slowed. And, and, and it's worth noting that uh, their left tackle, Jordan Morgan, went down early. And, and, and Latu didn't really have that impact I was hoping to see from him. Uh, I don't watch a ton of UCLA games, so I was really excited to watch him. And outside of, like, one hurry where Jaden Delora just kind of turned into an escape artist, there wasn't a lot of impact from him throughout this game. Damn. I like I like the – again, I haven't watched too much UCLA, but when I've watched, he's looked good. And, uh, no, that's that's a fair one. Um, Moving to out-of-nowhere prospects. And I'll, I'll just pivot off that, and I'll give you two Arizona offensive players. Please. <laughs> I, the, uh, the rest of the show is just me talking about Arizona. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, running back Michael Wiley, who ran for 97 yards, had 46 and a score through the air. Uh, just kind of like a one-cut, get-it-done type of runner who showed really natural hands uh, as Jaden Delores' checkdown guy. Kind of the vibe I was getting was this guy's going to go undrafted and play for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> uh, and then their tight end, Tanner McLaughlin, who had just two grabs for 48 yards, but both of them were like really fun, uh, like 25 plus yard grabs. One of them, he hurdled a guy really just looked really fluid. And then you look into him. He's from Alberta. Oh shit. That's sick. He transferred from Southern Utah where he only caught 15 passes from 2018 to 2021. <laughs> and, and now he has the third, I think third most receptions in a single season by a tight end at Arizona behind Rob Gronkowski and some other guy. That's 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 sick. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> um, my guy is not that out of nowhere. Uh, he was on the freaks list, but the first time we talked about him this season, I feel like Dylan Horton for for the Horn Frogs, who yeah. I really just want to highlight because of his like really awesome athletic story. Six four, two hundred pounds. He was a safety recruit out of high school, uh, also a basketball player. Um, played linebacker at New Mexico for two years. Transferred to TCU. And now he's 279 and looking like a very, very interesting uh, defensive lineman. Apparently got clocked at 455, 38 for 10 foot broad. Uh, had a sack against Texas. Just, yeah, really, really interesting dude. Um, I put him for who made me look stupid because when he was put on the freaks list over the summer mm-hmm. and we did the Big 12 show, I, I was kind of disappointed in him. But I, I, I think I, I was wrong, AJ. I'll say it. Um. I think we were all wronged about, about the Horned Frogs because my, my prospect was looked stupid. Like I said, was uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Going to best – this is a very Pac-12 heavy show because my best prospect versus prospect matchup is the Washington receivers against Christian Gonzalez, the I, corner. I did the same thing, but I added Michael Penix in the mix there. Yeah, McMillan went for eight, grabs 122, Polk three for 95 in a score, and Rome uh, Odunzi six for 56. Gonzalez played a pretty good game. It wasn't him getting fried. Uh, he had that one maybe interception that was called a huge yeah. catch by McMillan. That was yeah. really interesting. I, I thought it was an interception. Um, but it was a fun battle to watch. It was. And, like, if you want to throw up Michael Penix in the mix, I, I don't know where Michael Penix is going to end up. Like, he keeps, like, playing well, but then he'll, like, make a really bad mistake. Um, 
seeing his stock is going to be interesting. I don't know. Some people are high on him. I don't know. But yeah, Gonzo, I agree with you though. Like, like McMillan was really good, and like him and Odunzi are are both uh, what redshirt sophomores, right? Uh, so they got yeah. time. But that's, I mean, DeBauer, he's got to get so much credit for how much he's awoken this this um this Washington passing attack because it felt so 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 bad last year. And yeah, Gonzalez, I don't think he played a poor game at all. Um, he was in the, he was in the mix always, and I don't know. Yeah, played a solid game. But yeah, so, uh, not enough. Circling back to what you just said about panics and kind of where the NFL views him, I think yeah. seeing which quarterbacks end up in which all-star games from the senior quarterback class yeah. will help us understand how the NFL views them because I do think there's just a large amount of guys who are kind of in the same tier. Hard, Yeah, definitely. Hard, hard to separate. The, like, there's, you know, there's a few that have transferred and helped themselves a lot. It's, it's a very funky quarterback year after the top two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my prospect who would play the box scores during Al Washington. Uh, mine was BJ Ujulari, who I thought was awesome. Like, obviously Perkins was patrolling the outside, flashing that speed. But I thought Ujulari was kind of like winning the old-fashioned way, doing the dirty work inside. Uh, I had seven total tackles, three solo, half a sack. I thought he played better than that. Um, and like, again, they had to really, like, you know, Hornsby got the start. And I guess the, the game plan didn't change for LSU against Jefferson because... Um, Perkins was just like, you know, ending everything outside, but like Ojolari was just like, kept circling back inside and had like, like kept making really nice plays when, uh, you know, Hornsby just starting to scramble and like making tackles, um, just fighting through blocks, um, had a really nice, um, well, was in on a fourth and goal stop on another Hornsby scramble, recovered two fumbles. I know that shows in the, ta- in the, in the box score, but he did that through hard work. Um, just like a gritty game. And like, f- I thought following up after like an awesome game last week and just keeping that steam going. I think it's interesting, the especially the last two weeks have showcased it, what LSU defensive coordinator Matt House brings to the table. You mean Brian he Kelly? Was, he was Steve Spagnuolo's linebacker coach the last three years with the Chiefs, and before that he was Mark Stoops' uh, defensive uh, coordinator and, and uh, linebacker's coach. It's so, interesting I, resume. Yeah, he's a guy who I think is going to start getting some buzz for maybe G5 head coaching. Mm-hmm. Maybe That's a good one. That. I don't know. Maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a Michigan State alum. He worked there. <laughs> okay. Mel out. Bring him in. Yeah, well, Mel leaves for an even bigger contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, prospects who are being overhyped, speaking of this quarterback class, I put both Will Levis and Tanner McKee. Okay. I put who, Tanner McKee. Will Levis is the king of overhyped. I feel like we've just done it so many times, wait, no, but, but it's you what we're to, talking about. L- let me finish. Yeah, both sorry. Both of them. Both of them went 11 for 23, and oh, I thought that was beautiful. perfect. Yes. Uh, Levis, 11 for 23, 109 yards, and a pick against Vandy, the vaunted, <laughs> the vaunted Vandy defense. And, and Tanner McKee, 11 for 23, 155 yards, and a rushing no touchdown no in picks. a 42-7 loss to Utah. Um. Okay, so I was gonna I was gonna say this about McKee. I mean, Will Levis is clearly the most overrated prospect in the entire draft, and there's no one close. Um, who do you think is more of just a direct result of being tall and white? Like well, the at least at least Levis has like the talent. Uh, Levis has a huge arm and he's a yep. good athlete. Yeah. Like okay, I can get behind the idea of GMs yep. are going to get themselves fired <laughs> because Josh Allen exists. But the Tanner McKee stuff is weird because I don't see it on tape. I, I no. think we both agreed he was Mike Glennon like over the summer. Yep. He doesn't have that good of an arm, um, and he's not a very good athlete. He's tall and thin and white, and he plays at Stanford. The oh, it's Andrew Luck. All those, the, the, yeah, like, I don't I don't know. Seeing the, the fact that, like, PFF had Levis yes. above Stroud and McKee, like, a top 20 prospect, I don't fucked. know. It's fucked. It's um, fucked. And, yeah, like, he might not, you know, and I've seen people, like, even who like him are like, well, maybe he's not this class. But he's not a younger prospect either. Like, he's the same age no. as Trevor Lawrence, right, into that weird yeah, mission. Yeah, he's just a sophomore, but, yeah, he's, like, 23. Yeah, so he's gonna be like a redshirt senior if he comes out next year. But yeah, that's there. I mean, Will Levis is the most egregious, but the Tanner McKee one makes even less sense. Yeah, agreed. Um, transfer who popped on the scene? I got two different receivers. Love it. I told you I'm not done talking Arizona football. Love it. Jacob Cowing. Yeah, was the the kind of the the spark to this uh, Jeb Fish genius offense. Um, <laughs> 
it kind of just felt like anytime they're in a bit of a pinch, let's run a screen, to, a screen to Jacob Cowling. He's he's gonna he's gonna pick up seven. He's gonna pick up twelve. Like he he just looked very dynamic with the ball in his hands. Was breaking a lot of tackles. He's a smaller player, but like obviously he put up numbers at UTEP last year. But he's been just as good uh, in the Pac-12 and the Power Five. He's, yeah, he's been so good for them. He's a really fun player. And then I put Arkansas receiver uh, Matt Landers, who was both a Georgia and Toledo transfer, (laughs) former Maxion star, who had the 40-yard touchdown against LSU. It was like the only good thing Arkansas did on offense. I I went double hogs. I started with Matt Landers, the pride of Toledo, the pride of Athens. Uh, Yeah, like he had the only touchdown of the day for Arkansas. Their only explosive play, I'm pretty sure, too. I, I thought he was clearly good. And then, like, more low key, I, I thought on the flip side, Jordan Dominic, their their uh, defensive lineman, was kind of interesting. Had three tackles, uh, a TFL, and a forced fumble. He just, like, got to the mesh point uh, on Jaden Daniels and, like, sh- ripped it out. He, he's coming from Georgia Tech. Just kind of, like, an interesting guy. He's a retreat senior, so I don't know how much of a look he's going to get, but I just thought he was kind of interesting. They get a lot of uh, transfers on they do. Arkansas's defense, eh? They do. They do. A lot, a lot. Their defense played a really, really good game, and their offense just terrible. Um, finally, small school guy who caught your eye. I went with, uh, the green waves, Tajay Spears, who, because Tulane was playing, uh, down all game, he didn't get nearly as many touches as he's used to, but still on just eight carries ran for 130 yards. He is a really fun kind of satellite type of back who I think will get looks as a day three, uh, draft pick. He feels like a guy that's going to generate a lot of fans when we get into the thick of draft season. Yeah. Um, so, so like I mentioned earlier, Sam Wiggles got shut down last week. Someone had to step up. Someone had to step up for the for the Bobcats. Jacoby Jones, the new Jacoby Jones, uh, did so. Uh, just a junior, had four catches, seventy eight yards, two touchdowns. One was a forty eight yard touchdown, getting deep. Interesting body type, like six one two twenty three. Uh, returns their kicks. He's a JUCO transfer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then his other touchdown was was awesome. It was like. Um, like a ridiculous diving grab, like kind of like just a little hesitation go in the red zone, like plucked it off the the, the grass tips, the blades of grass, the top of them, whatever you like to call them. Uh, awesome adjustment, like kind of around the defender. I thought it was an awesome play. So I got to shout out another Bobcast receiver. We we love our uh, our Mac wide receivers. The Mac produces wide receivers. It, that's true. Anyone catching ball from a Rourke right now? I'm in on. Agreed. Uh, I don't know who the BC Lions go to receiver is. Um, Milt Stiegel. <laughs> All right. I'm ashamed, but here we go. College football week 12 picks. Uh, I went 1-3-1 and one last week. I'm uh, in an all-time slump where I am now 3-11-1 over our last three weeks. Ouch. I'm not. I've uh, been rough over the last three weeks too, so don't worry. Fade me if you want to make money. You'll you'll make money by fading me. Uh, I'm twenty eight, twenty five, and two on the season now. Still, still a winner. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm twenty three, thirty, and two. I went two and three last week, but I should have went three and two. You talked me out of taking UNC. Uh, remember that? <laughs> I flipped to Wake Forest. That did not work. Um, so two and three last week. Uh, I don't. I didn't pick it officially, but I put actual um, units on the LSU game. Uh, that's that's the biggest piss off of the week. Half a point, guys. Fuck. Uh, I'd like to add as we record this, the college football playoff oh, yeah. ranking show is happening, so to... we don't have the official rankings. I don't think. Yeah, because it's got to be in between the basketball games. You know how it works. Yeah. This, this yeah. one week every year. So it's this is super inconvenient for us. So none of these rankings are right. Well, some of them might be. Um, <laughs> Noon on ABC. Use the AP. Use the AP, the real rankings. Yeah, AP top 25. But they won't have Illinois ranked. I want Illinois to be ranked. So keep them in. Where are they, 18? What was it? 21. 21, sorry. Okay. Noon on ABC. Illinois at number three, Michigan. This is where I'll start. Illinois needs to win to stay alive in the Big Ten West, where Iowa's in the front runner seat. Uh, But yeah, no. I'm going to take Michigan minus 17 and a half. Um, Illinois is just kind of collapsing. Michigan does what Illinois does, but like way, way better. <laughs> right? Like they just want to play good defense and run the ball. Uh, Michigan's going to do that. Um, my, my Chase Brown comp is Blake Corum. So, like to me, this is going to be a 34 10 type of 
win for Michigan. Wrong, 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 wrong. Illinois got this. Uh, <laughs> taking taking the, the are you actually? Of course, yeah. I'm gonna say it's a such a coward. Yeah, it's a. T- <laughs> I don't know. Michigan, Michigan's gonna play a tight one eventually. That's that's my logic. <laughs> okay. And and well, on on the next weekend, it's it's a blowout for Michigan. So. Because I'm not a fraud. 3:30 ABC, <laughs> number two Ohio State, 27 and a half point favorites at Maryland. <laughs> I'm riding my Buckeyes. Maryland's covering. <laughs> Maryland's covering that spread. Are you taking them? No, I'm, I didn't pick the game, but I'm, I'm saying it. Okay. Well, Maryland Maryland has been a bit of a disappointment. Talia Tungavailoa has been banged up. Played um, Michigan those, tough. The receivers haven't kind of yeah. produced to the level they were supposed to. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What, what, what else you got? I got, I'm got. i sticking at noon. Okay? Oh, T- shit. T- TCU, uh, minus two and a half at Baylor on Fox. There, there's still no respect for the Horned Frogs. They should have learned their lesson last week. Give me TCU two and a half points. They're gonna look. I, I the Big Twelve is due to blow this. Yep. But I think it's gonna happen in the championship game. So uh, give me give me TCU to, to win and cover. Ba- Baylor Baylor got thumped by Kansas State this yeah, past weekend. It feels like again. I don't like last week. I was very confident that TCU was gonna win. Never mind cover that seven and a half uh, or whatever it was seven. Um, this week the same two and a half. Let's get it. Uh, I do want to add. I was gonna take two games, but they didn't have spreads, so. I had, uh, I had to make some audibles. Which ones? Uh, Georgia, Kentucky had no line, oh. and Utah, or Oregon had no line. I, I got I got spreads for both of them. If you want to just audible and take them, I can read them to you. I picked them. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. What, what were they? Okay. Three thirty. CBS. UGA minus twenty two and a half at UK. This is via ESPN. Oh, taking that all day long. That's I'm, free I'm, money. I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Georgia uh, to cover that twenty two and a half. Um, Kentucky is just falling off a cliff. Um, Will Levis has just been not very productive in a lot of games. They lean on Chris Rodriguez to do everything. Got to the Senior Bowl, deserves it. Brian Robinson 2.0, the comps will be. Um, Yeah, but Will Levis is going to throw 17 interceptions in this game, and it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, We'll be next week. We'll we can talk about Will Levis shooting down the board, not even sliding, shooting down the board, because he'll (laughs) still be overhyped somehow. What What's your next game? Uh, eight o'clock, Fox. You got wait, this one. Wait, wait, wait. Are you taking Iowa, Minnesota? Because that, that's what I had written down. But if no. I've got line on on these other ones, maybe I should no, take it. No, no, no. Okay. I, I wanted to, I wanted to take the Golden Gophers to cover so Iowa won't play in the Big Ten title. <laughs> but okay, I'll take that off my board. Um, are you not taking Bedlam? Eh. No. Okay. It's the most disappointing Bedlam game ever. I think. Right. Yes, it is. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, so. Oklahoma State is. Seven and a half point road dogs, which like, yeah, it's Bedlam. It's it's you know Oklahoma just lost to West Virginia. I don't know. That's just it's a strange game. I just would uh, never would never touch that. Okay, eight p.m. Fox number eight USC. A uh, number, who knows UCLA. Uh, Trojans one and a half point favorites. The battle for LA. Um, USC hasn't hasn't played like a super quality team. Obviously, they played Oregon State, but what? What? what I I definitely who they, who they lose to. I can't even remember. I'm I'm, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm out of my mind right now. It was probably Stanford, even though I know it wasn't Stanford. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I mean, look, the it was like this it was is a Utah. Gripe. It was Utah. It was Utah. Right? The Utah game is like yes. Crazy game. Oh yeah, yeah, right on the Saturday late night Saturday. I do remember. I fell asleep, but it was an awesome game. Um, give me weird dreams because I was falling in and out of sleep. Um, yeah, like I was kind of irked because it seemed like a lot of like the college football playoff predictor people were putting in a you know whoever won the Pac-12 like a lock into the into the playoffs. I thought that was insane. Um, that being said, USC minus one and a half feels like a very good bet, but it also feels like a trap. I don't know. If I didn't watch UCLA lose to Arizona on Friday, and, and, and like I said, this Arizona UCLA game has influenced my entire life. I it's can't a, stop talking shit. about the Wildcats and Jed Fish. Um, UCLA UCLA looked so bad uh, against a mobile quarterback. Like their their star defensive players are all in their front seven. They all were just taken out of the game by mm. Jaden Delora's 
athleticism. Caleb Williams is the best in the biz at that. Yeah. Uh, outside of Bryce Young. And then on the other side, like, DTR just didn't know. I I, I think, like, UCLA is going to put up points because USC's defense is a little flimsy. Zach Charbonnet's a dude. But, yeah. like, DTR just, he was so inaccurate. And I think it would be way funner if USC wins this game and loses Notre Dame next week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. I think they're going to win. Like, I think one and a half, give me that. Like, like I'll put real units on that one. Uh, finally, are you, you yeah. got to tell me what the line is for 1030 ESPN, number, maybe number 13 Utah against maybe number six Oregon. No, Do you want to take a guess? Not. You want to take a guess? I'm going to say the Ducks are favored by three and a half. It's three. It's three. And I, I'm, I'm going to take the Ducks. I like the I'm Ducks. I'm taking the Ducks. Yeah. Um, I think they'll bounce back. I, like the Austin Stadium at night, that's a beast for Utah to walk into. Um, I think they'll bounce back. I mean, Utah, like I like I like this Utah team, but they're I don't know, they're always inconsistent, right? And Pac-12 just beating up on themselves. Like Utah, Utah lost to UCLA, but beat USC. It would Oregon just lost, so now U, Utah's in a better position than them. So now naturally, Oregon's going to beat yeah. Utah. Yeah. Uh, I do think if Oregon had had won last week against Washington, I'd be taking Utah right now because <laughs> it's going to happen at one point. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think as long as Bonix is healthy, if Bonix is healthy and is playing, yeah. I'd, then I am going to take the Ducks because the Ducks should have beat Washington. I'm all for Dan Lanning making that choice to go for it on fourth down. I think that the the, the main flaw was the fact that Bonix wasn't in the game at yeah. that point in time. Yeah, but. Just like game, th- like that was the the chart says go for it there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agreed. And yeah, I, I think Oregon's going to cover the three. All right. Well, now time to go uh, watch the college basketball halftime show to find out who who's going to make the college football playoff rankings. We only have two regular season games left. That's crazy. In college football, and then it's championship weekend, and then it's we're going bowling, baby. 